We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Calling all broken vessels. Welcome to our first episode. I'm Paul. And I'm Tabitha. One of our favorite passages of scripture is 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 8. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Have you ever thought of yourself as a clay jar? Jars of clay are plain, ordinary vessels, very fragile and easily damaged. We are all broken vessels. Heartaches, disability, cancer, chronic illness, loneliness, grief, and even sin are all components of our cracked and flawed vessel. If we choose to dwell on the struggles we face, in other words, those blemishes on the jar, we'll end up discouraged and defeated. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, and 8 tells us, The strength behind overcoming all these trials is the priceless treasure in the jar. And that treasure is Jesus Christ. He gives us everything we need to live and thrive with joy and confidence. So in order to prepare for the battles of life, we need to look to Christ and allow his words to fill our hearts and minds. When I think of the heart and how it responds to adversity, there's an object lesson that comes to mind. You know, Tabs, do you remember reading through a book with me? Uh, called Changed Into His Image. I think it was Dr. Jim Berg who authored it. Yes. That book definitely had an impact on my walk with the Lord. It's been a few years since we read the book, but I haven't forgotten his illustration of the tea bag. When we take a tea bag, place it in a cup, and pour hot water over it, the water activates the tea, releasing its flavor into the cup. The hot water doesn't create the flavor, It simply draws out what's in the bag. That's an interesting similarity of what happens in our hearts. Our true nature is revealed in how we respond when we're in hot water. Pressures around us, whether it be temptations or unfavorable circumstances, draw out of the heart what is already in it. As born-again believers, our desire should be that Christ be seen in us. Well, today I want to introduce our listeners to the testimony of someone who learned to persevere through trials by the grace of God. She's my wife, Tabitha. As a lady who suffered with a crippling neuromuscular disease since birth, Tabitha is familiar with hardship, but despite her severe physical limitations, she's got a smile that lights up a room and an unsinkable spirit that many, many people have been inspired by. Most are surprised when they discover, even though she's a shy, petite, four foot eight, barely 80 pounds wheelchair user, God has enabled her to accomplish a lot in life. Perhaps one of the most meaningful accomplishments is that she dedicated 12 years of her life to missions in India. Tabitha, I've noticed the two questions you're most often asked are, 
how did you end up in a wheelchair? And why did you choose to go to India, of all places? So let's start with the first question. Tell us about your disability. You're right. When people are meeting me for the first time, they're often naturally curious about why I use a wheelchair. It'd be great if one of my siblings could be with us on the show today. All three of them have a good sense of humor. In the past, they've enjoyed jumping in to answer that question with a wild story. So if they were here, one of them might say something like, three words, skydiving, parachute malfunction. (laughs) Or she used to play for the NFL until she broke her legs. (laughs) But the truth is simple, really. It all started when I was three months old. My pediatrician observed that I was not reaching the physical milestones of a healthy baby. He didn't know what had caused my weakness or what he could do to help. Over the course of the next 13 years, my parents accompanied me to research hospitals and renowned doctors across the U.S. and in Europe. Despite those years of searching, no one was able to determine the reason for my condition or offer any hope of improvement. Gradually, my weakness led to other complications, including heart abnormalities, migraines and seizures, and then wheelchair dependency. Only recently, as an adult in my 30s, the doctors were finally able to discover the diagnosis I have a rare form of muscular dystrophy. You grew up in a pastor's family and received Christ as your personal savior at a young age. So how does your relationship with Christ impact the way you look at life? It impacts every aspect of my life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is an incredible guarantee from God himself that whoever believes will have eternal life. I placed my faith in Jesus as a young girl. The price of my sin, past, present, and future, has been paid in full by my Savior. And based on the promises of God, the one who believes will never lose the gift of salvation. So, knowing that my eternity is safe and secure in God's hand produces in my heart immense peace and gratitude. Christ's love for me compels me to love him and want to serve him. And my life is now all about Christ, seeking to please him and desiring to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. On top of that, there's a lot of joy knowing that the day I see my Savior face to face, he'll wipe away every tear And this disability of mine will no longer exist. Yes, exactly. As believers, we understand throughout life, there will be constant spiritual battles. Satan doesn't want God's children to have victorious lives. He is always on the prowl seeking who he can devour. What would you say has been one of the greatest spiritual battles? When I was a kid, I wrestled frequently with self-pity. My physical limitations in my eyes were unfair and undeserved. I used to look at my siblings and watch them run and play, and I would allow my thinking to go to the wrong places. 
I would always ask God, why did it have to be me? So rather than focusing on God's sovereignty and his unchanging nature of grace and goodness, I kept thinking about myself and all my limitations. And this battle of self-pity was holding me back from being completely content. Hmm. So how is your battle with self-pity conquered? Well, God permitted another trial in my life to remove that resentment. The Bible tells us God is a refiner's fire. Much like silver is refined in a fire, so the furnace of affliction is meant to refine us. And that is why I believe God gave me this trial. During my senior year of high school, I developed severe scoliosis. My spine curved into an S shape and was beginning to crush my heart and lungs. In order to correct the curvature, two steel rods needed to be implanted in my spine. This sent me reeling. And during the months of medical tests and preparation for the operation, I wrestled more and more intensely with God. I would ask him over and over again, why are you doing this to me? What have I done to deserve this? Then people started sending me cards to encourage me. A lot of Christians, people I had never even met before. I was flooded with encouragement. And I can remember one card in particular that was sent by a compassionate Christian. And they took the time to write 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 on the card. This verse says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Like me, the apostle too had a thorn in the flesh. Three times he pleaded that God would remove it from him. But God's answer was no. God never explained the purpose of Paul's affliction, but his reassurance of sufficient grace enabled Paul not only to accept his thorn, but to rejoice. In those sufferings. Yes, he did. You know, if anyone had reason to be discouraged and miserable, it seems it would be Paul. But out of his hardship, he penned tremendous encouragement found through the grace of God. Yeah. And those are the very verses that empowered me to break out of the woe is me trap. God replaced my self-destructive thoughts with joy and excitement as I began to realize for the first time that the Lord wanted to accomplish something in and through me that he couldn't otherwise do if I was perfectly strong. My physical condition is not improving, but my attitude has been completely transformed by the grace of God. Now, instead of asking, why me? I willingly say, why not me? That is a great attitude to have. There is a lot of comfort in knowing God has a purpose for our broken lives. When we feel like we've reached our limit, 
God's grace equips us to rise above those circumstances. Now let's go back to the second question. When and how did you get a burden for India? When I was just six or seven years old, the Lord brought a missionary to Asia into my life. God used her to spark a burden for Asia in my own heart. And I determined at that age, if the Lord would make it possible, I would serve in missions too. Immediately following my college graduation, God fulfilled that desire of my heart. Wow. While you were living in India and working in India, was your disability a hindrance or was it an asset? Well, I have to admit there were huge physical challenges for me there. India is not the friendliest place for people with accessibility needs. From the lack of basic amenities like ramps to primitive living conditions, um, yeah, there are a lot of challenges. But the Lord took those challenges and turned them into an asset. Approximately 80% of India's population practice Hinduism. In Hinduism, disabilities are linked to karma, meaning a person's suffering is the result of sin in his or her past life. Hmm. Because of that interconnection of disability to religious beliefs, many families don't even seek medical assistance. And the threat of social stigma encourages them to try to hide the existence of their child with a disability. They'll keep them tucked away at home and out of sight. Hmm. So you can imagine how lonely and unhappy these families affected by disability must be. I'm so grateful to know from God's word that I am made in his image and he loves me unconditionally. There were many occasions when complete strangers would approach me, either in airports or on the roads in villages, and they'd ask bluntly, Why are you smiling? You're in a wheelchair, but you seem happy. Why? Well, that question gave me the chance to tell them about the God I love so much. The God who gives grace and joy, even in suffering. That's amazing. What advice would you give to to our listeners on avoiding that woe is me trap? Set your mind on Christ and his goodness. We are frail and inadequate, vulnerable vessels, but Christ, our treasure, is not. He overcame the curse of sin and death and hell, and because of him, we will not be forsaken. He's with us in the trial. Because of him, we can be strong. No matter how deep the valley may be, there's always much to be grateful for. Therefore, we do not lose heart, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Even if our outer person is being destroyed, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure and proportion. Well said. You've had a lot of ups and downs with your health. There have been periods in your life when due to migraines or other health complications, you've had no choice but to drastically scale back on your work and activities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you've had to spend days in bed. Having been through those seasons, 
How would you suggest someone with a debilitating illness serve the Lord? Serving the Lord goes beyond attending church, singing in the choir, or volunteering at a food bank. We can be serving Christ with our thoughts and our words. Prayer is a good place of serving to start. Isn't that wonderful? No matter how debilitated or confined we may be, the Lord sees and hears us wherever we are. Yes. Enjoy your time of communing with him. Ask him for strength and joy to carry you through and then pray for others too. That is great advice. In a nutshell, what has God done in your life since your time in India? I'm still in awe that the Lord gave me the stamina and privilege of serving in India all those years. Many of my friends and former students still keep in touch with me. Even though it's been four years since my last trip there, God is still graciously allowing me to see fruit from the seeds that were planted. During my last two or three years in India, my muscular dystrophy noticeably progressed. There was a period of uncertainty for me, just not knowing what God had in store for me next. But God is so good. When he closes one door, he always opens another. Near the end of my time in India, he brought you, Paul, into my life. You've been such a devoted husband and caregiver, and there is not a day that goes by when I don't thank God for you. And then he opened yet another door for us to move forward together with this ministry, Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. Yes, he did. God is good. We can say that with the psalmist, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. We know that many of you listening today have gone through devastating situations. No matter how rough your situation may be, we want to encourage you to place your faith in the ultimate treasure, Jesus Christ. Jesus, having made himself nothing and suffering unimaginable on our behalf, knows our frailties. He sees every tear and is full of compassion. In Christ, you'll find all the riches of wisdom, strength, comfort, hope, victory, and grace. Lean on him and let his grace shine through in your brokenness. So listeners, what's next with the podcast, you might wonder? Well, we've got a lot more great things to share. We're looking forward to introducing friends who, by their faithful walks with God, have inspired us. We'll take a look into the lives of caregivers and learn how we can encourage them. And we'll talk about the incredible ways the Lord has blessed, protected, and provided for us, both in India and here in the States. We'll discuss more of what God says about suffering, failure, and grace. We'll show how you, too, can have a ministry for the hurting or disabled. That and so much more on episodes yet to come. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.